All right, we are joined today uh, by Josie Stanfield and Kirsten Arias of Central Oregon Diversity Project. Uh, you look like you're having trouble hearing us. Can you hear us okay? Perfect. Sorry. We're doing a Zoom interview this morning, so uh, one of those things that's always interesting here in the pandemic. But uh, anyway, Josie and um, Kirsten are the founders of the Central Oregon Diversity Project, as I mentioned, uh, a great organization uh, doing uh, necessary <laughs> necessary work here in Central Oregon. And so we're going we're gonna to turn it over to them. Whichever one of you wants to start, uh, can you start out by telling us just what is the Central Oregon Diversity Project? Yeah, so we started back in May. Um, we started, well, we do a lot. Uh, we started doing a lot of protesting to bring awareness to this movement, the Black Lives Matter movement specifically, and why it was so important to us for our Central Oregon community. You know, even though we haven't seen a lot of the violence and the deaths that the bigger cities have seen, it's still possible that it could happen here. So it's really important to us that we bring awareness to this and really engage with our elected officials to make the changes that we need. What have you been doing to work on making those changes? So we've been, um, as I said, we engage with a lot of elected officials. We work with senators. We work with the governor's staff. We work with, like, Bend City Council. To, and specifically, one of the big things we're working on right now is bringing a CAHOOTS program or CAHOOTS model here to Central Oregon. I mean, what that is, is basically a crisis intervention program that engages in situations where the police aren't necessary. So if you have a situation where it's involving homelessness or addiction or a mental health crisis, they can intervene in those situations as opposed to having a police officer show up armed with a weapon and causing unnecessary harm. I actually spoke to a, a policeman yesterday, and I sometimes wish that they referred to themselves as peace officers because that's really what being a public servant should entail, is trying to yes. keep the peace. <laughs> that, that is exactly correct. It's a shame that, that uh, we've kind of fallen into this trap, and, and I appreciate the fact that you guys are willing to, to be courageous enough to step out there and kind of take this project on your own. Kudos to you. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank so you. I know you're, well, one of the things you also mentioned in your, on your social media is bringing awareness to the people of Central Oregon about the issues that uh, black people face here. Uh, can you talk about your education efforts and, and what you're trying to convey? So, uh, yeah, I can definitely say that we, myself and Josie, as uh, black leaders in this community, our goal is to make sure that we also educate the, the allies that we have here to let them understand that it's not just big cities that face problems. You know, it's not just other places outside of Bend or outside of Oregon that deal with these things. And having BIPOC in any community, this is something that we will deal with no matter where we are or where we go. Uh, you know, racism is something that is deeply rooted into this country, and it's something that isn't just in certain areas. I know myself and Josie, we definitely use our platforms to express our experiences with a lot of people to let them know how we have been treated by the police officers that are here, even by workplaces that are here and businesses, ways that we are treated due to stereotypes, just the ignorant racism that hides in the back of people's heads. You know, even the, the um, housing that we face is... I mean, as everybody can notice, the majority of people that are low income are people of color. And it's kind of ironic if you notice that 
those people of color, those low-income families, the marginalized families, are being pushed to live outside of Bend. They're being pushed to live outside to Redmond, to Madras, to La Pine, Prineville, all of these cities that are outside of Bend. And instead of calling it what it is, what they try to say, they put a name on it by saying, oh, well, you know, the, the, the renting is high here. The income here isn't for them. And the low-income families and the equal housing opportunities, those are outside in Redmond or in other cities. Instead of saying, hey, we don't want people of color here, which in reality, that's what it is. And we are the ones who will call that out. Yeah, so that's something that we really like to do is call that out. We use our platform on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, Central Oregon Diversity Project. We use those spaces to do a lot of education and a lot of conversations about things that people usually don't want to talk about but are necessary to make progress. And so we do rallies, we do uh, protests, we do vigils, we do just educational events. Like we had Ben's first Juneteenth event. Um, so we do a lot of education in that way, hands-on, on social media, in person. And that's something we take a lot of pride in. Well, I think because there is a low number of people of color, a lot of us, in, and I hate to put it this way, in the white community, we feel like there's really no problem here. And, you know, since I've worked at this radio station, it's become more apparent. Oh, my gosh. More apparent that uh, it's uh, a problem, more of a problem than most people are willing to recognize or even talk about. Right. No, it really is. And we've received a lot of those comments, you know, from, like you said, a lot of white people, a lot of white allies. You know, we'll get to a conversation that they don't necessarily want to talk about. And so we'll get some pushback, you know, like, oh, this is, you know, we've been called radicals a lot. And we're not radicals at all. But some of the things that we talk about are hard to talk about, but they're necessary. So I think in the long run, you know, like people do kind of push away from us sometimes, but then they end up coming back, you know, and they're like, you know, you were right. You were right. I kind of should have checked my fragility in that moment and listened. And, you know, that's something that people are always going to run into are those walls. You know, that's something that we know as well is that white allies are always going to have a limit. And we're open to those limits. Like, if you're feeling scared, if you're feeling like it's too much, we're so open to conversation and we're understanding. And we just want people to, to rise and progress with us. I have noticed we did some um, anti-racism work with the Social Justice Center. And this has been a few years now. And one of the things we did here, we did a one meeting and we had a hard time getting uh, white people to show up. And a lot, and most of them came just because of relationships, right? We asked them, please come. And what we heard as we left, we had uh, people of color there too, and I know this is a long lead up, but what we heard when we left was, I did not know that we had racism in Central Oregon, and now I do. And then it was like, so what do I do about it, <laughs> right? So I'm just, I, I just wanted to, to note that. And I also wanted, you, you say you're getting called radicals a lot, and my sense is, and I'm wondering if it's yours, that you're getting called radical because you're telling the truth. Um, and a lot of people don't like to hear that that is the truth. Well, it's a, it's a form of gaslighting, if you want to get technical. It's a form of uh, any black person or any person of color who stands up against racism, who speaks the truth, who has those uncomfortable conversations that make white people uncomfortable. They can't accept that. So their way of dealing with it is by saying, oh, well, they're aggressors or, oh, they're radicals or... My favorite comment that I've heard many times is, well, you're more like Malcolm X and we like Martin Luther King. And it's their way of gaslighting us to fixate that angry black woman or that angry, you know, aggressive person of color. 
Well, and and most certainly, speaking of those two individuals, Malcolm X definitely left a high mark in terms of, of really identifying that it can't be dealt with entirely without, you know, having some rub. There's going to be a rub. And I think that uh, Central Oregonians are going to have to get get accustomed to the idea that it is not a bad thing to have a difficult conversation. And that's what you guys are bringing to the table, uh, is, is that difficult conversation. Right. I, re- I really appreciate you saying that because, you know, and it, it is a central organ almost like mentality in a way because we've heard, you know, from white allies and from even from BIPOC that are just kind of coming into this movement that we are too much in a way that, you know, we're too loud or you guys are kind of aggressive or why do you have to talk like that to the cops or, you know, we get that a lot. And I just, I feel like um, because of our younger age that a lot of people in this community don't think we know what's going on. And person that are more than aware of what's going on, we're both very invested in the civil rights movement up until now. And so being younger, fighting this movement, getting people to listen to you and to hear that, that, that you know, walking into a room and sitting at a table with the police and having a calm conversation and letting them smile in your face and stab you in the back later is not making progress. We need to demand change, and we need to get change now. And that's what Kirsten and I are doing, and that's what the message that we're trying to spread is that it's not the time to placate, and it's not the time to just be calm anymore. It's time to all rise up and to come into our power and to make noise. That's great. I really appreciate the fact that you're doing that. I mean, people need to be shaken up, absolutely. So, And not necessarily that's what you're doing, but people do need to be shaken up. And unfortunately, we only have about a minute and a half left for today. I really hope you will be able to join us next week. We're going to try to get three or four different folks or groups on and go over the year 2020. So I hope you'll join us. I really want people to hear this here in more detail, but can you, do you have anything else you want to say for today uh, before we go? Uh, first of all, just thank you for having us on and we would be thrilled to come back and talk with you. We have so much to share from this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. if people, if people want to keep in touch with us, they can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Central Oregon Diversity Project. Please come in our group. You have to answer just a few questions. Um, if you just put KPOV in the first question, we'll let you in. If you don't want to answer the rest, if you're watching the show, come on in. We want you to learn with us and we want you to see what we got going on. All right. Well, uh, then thank you very much, Josie Stanfield and Kirsten Arias of Central Oregon Diversity Project. And you can find them under that name on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, They're really doing great work out there uh, educating our community, uh, fighting for the kinds of changes we really need. So uh, thanks again for joining us and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you. We look forward to it. Have a happy holidays and Black Lives Matter. Yep, that's right. Thank you so much. Yep, Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And you have a happy holidays, too.